Welcome home. Glad you're here this morning. Some of you may have been vacating some this week. If you watched mine and uh, Sarah and I do a drive time video every morning around 8.30. And um, and uh, I expressed that I'm, uh, you know, a few years ago we heard talk of mandatory vaccinations. Well, uh, I support mandatory vacations. You know, I think they're good. They're healthy for us. Just not too many of them, but unless it's us, of course. No, no, I'm just kidding. You know, mandatory vacations, one a month. You know, sometimes we need them. But welcome home. If this is the first time you've ever been here, or if it's been a long time since you've been here, Mr. Scott or one of his faithful assistants probably handed you a Connect card. If you didn't get one of those, see them at the Connect Center after service. And they will put one of those in your hand. If you will fill it out and... uh and turn it back in. We've got a very special gift for you to take home with you. And also, uh, I want you to know we're not going to harass you. I'm not going to be calling you to tell you that your extended car warranty on your 1992 Kia has expired after 400,000 miles on it and anything like that. But we do, uh, we would like to get to know you just a little bit better. So if you're, uh, if you're one of our new guests this morning or if it's been a long time, please complete one of those because we would like to get more acquainted with you. This morning, I'll, we're going to go to the beginning. We're going to go back to the book of Genesis. And uh, Genesis chapter 1 and verses 1 and 2. You can't get any further back than that, I want you to know. So Genesis 1 and verses 1 and 2. And then, uh, if you would, while you're uh, in your Bibles, turn to Deuteronomy as well. And we'll be going to Deuteronomy chapter 32. Genesis 1 and, Genesis 1 verses 1 and 2. Let's read the scripture there. In the beginning. In the beginning. Somebody said, where does, where did God come from? God didn't come from anywhere. God was the beginning. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now, the earth was formless and empty. That's hard for us to imagine. The earth was formless and was empty, and darkness was over the surface of the deep. And the, listen to this, and, or you could also, if you would, it would not be improper to insert the conjunction, but, you could say, but the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. The world was formless, the earth was formless, it was empty. Darkness was all over the surface of the deep and the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. If you go to Deuteronomy chapter 32, read two verses there, 10 and 11. In a desert land he found them. Speaking of God finding his people. In a desert land he found them, and in a barren, barren, howling waste, he shielded him and cared for him. He guarded him as the apple of his eye. And like an eagle that stares up its nest, and here's that word again, and hovers over its young. 
that spreads its wings to catch them and to carry them aloft. I want to speak to you this morning. I want to share with you a message that, that I feel like the Lord has put into my spirit today that I just simply have entitled the hovering. And when I think of hovering, I sort of, sometimes I think about, I, my mind goes to helicopter. I'm fascinated by aircraft, you know. Uh, you know, I would fly from here to home if I could. I, I, you know, I, I just, I love flying. You said, some of you may be saying, well, that's cause you've never crashed. Well, neither have you. Or you probably wouldn't be here this morning, you know. But that's one thing most of the time you don't get do-overs on is crashing, okay? But I think about a helicopter. I th- and there's other things that we can think about in the sense of hovering. I want to share with you a little bit, a little story, if you would, a little background informa- information, not necessarily uh, uh, from the scripture nor about Moses, but I want to share to you about this place. It's called it's called Salvbar, Norway. Salvbar, Norway. I may not have that first name exactly right, but Salvbar, Norway, is the most northern place. One of the most northern locations, inhabited locations on the face of the earth. Now some of you are getting excited. I see, I see these posts now about people getting excited because fall of the year is coming. You know, we saw some trees this morning, some cherry trees and the leaves are already orange and red and it's, I mean it is, it is still, I don't care, it, okay, it doesn't matter to me if you go to Lowe's and Walmart and and we're a rural king and wherever you and they already got all this fall stuff out. It is still summer, okay? It's still August. And I just want to tell you all this about something personal about me. I sweat a whole lot better than I shiver. Okay? I don't, I'm not looking forward to cold weather. Okay? But we know it's coming. But, but up there in Norway, in South Bar, Norway, it's, it's, it's one of the most northern, in, most inhabited places on the earth. It provides temperatures well below 30 in the wintertime. Well below 30 below is what I'm talking about. In the summertime, sometimes they boast of highs of six above. Hello? <laughs> so any of y'all that like winter real good, I, I have a good place I could recommend you to. No, no, I'm just kidding. 30 below in the winter and six above in the summer. There are actually more polar bears that live in South Bard. Norway than there are people for all of you polar bear fans. I'd like to see one sometime, but I'm not going there to see it. According to experts, experts, like world governmental experts, Salvbard, Norway is the safest place on earth. Man, that's interesting. And because it is considered the safest place on earth, there is in South Bar, Norway, that's a picture of it, it sits in the middle of the sea, 
There is a concrete vault that extends underneath the frozen ground, if you would, that is actually called the Global Seed Vault. You say, where are you getting that, preacher? Just hang with me just a minute. So in the, in this, in Salvar, the coldest inhabited place on earth is this global seed vault. These vaults are thick concrete underground bunkers. It goes down in the side of this mountain and it's thick, very thick reinforced concrete. It is said that these vaults can withstand any flood, which I don't understand how it can flood up there, but can withstand any flood, fire, or even nuclear attack, or any other catastrophic event that could happen on the face of the earth, sort of thing. I think about the unsinkable Titanic that sunk, you know. But anyway, these seed vaults are supposedly indestructible, and they're on the safest place that there is known to exist on planet earth. Sounds pretty secure, doesn't it? Within the walls of these indestructible, quote unquote, seed vaults are seed samples from supposedly every known plant that exists on the planet Earth. The intent of these seed vaults is that in the event that there is nuclear war, or some type of worldwide devastation, a, a, uh, you know, something, a asteroid or something or a comet or something hit the earth and, and, and annihilate the planet as such, but still leave it intact. The idea is that within these vaults, there is enough seed to replenish the earth. Back to where it's at. In other words, man is preparing to do the work that God has already done. I want you to think about that. The Bible says when man says, I'm rich and I'm increased with goods and I don't need anything, that's the church that God said, I'll spew you out of my mouth. So this global seed vaults exist and supposedly when, when, when something catastrophic happens to the earth, it's going to be okay because we got all the seeds to replant everything. I just haven't figured out who's going to plant the seeds. Okay? That, that, that just comes to my mind. Maybe I don't think. So perhaps more than, than ever before, what we see though, the res- this is all a result. It's not something brand new, but it is escalating more than ever before. We see that, w- that the world, the population, or the, the humanity, if you would, of the world is, is really, we are living in a certain amount of fear. We have always had a certain amount of fear. We live in a certain amount of fear. Many people are worried with the massive tsunami that they say is going to come because the temperatures has went up three degrees in the last 250 years. Okay? They're worried about the tsunami. Or, or then, if you're not worried about the tsunami, you're worried about uh, uh, the, the, the great drought that's going to come. If you watch our news, 
if you watch our news, and I don't, by the way, but I catch it just enough enough of it on. I, we don't even watch it on our TV. If you do, that's fine, but we don't. I don't. We don't read the newspapers. Uh, you know, Sarah never buys a newspaper because you know the only thing I ever got anything out of was the funny pages. But the reality of it is, we live in a world that is anticipating something bad to happen. You know, e- even if even if we're not by nature negative people, we're being fed that continually, continually. We're looking for those bad things. We're we're for how how many generations now? Uh, if you go back. To the bombing of Hiroshima. Now, how many generations are we into that 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 are concerned about some crazy world leader that's going to push that supposed button wherever it's at? And we think about those things, and even if we're not pondering and dwelling on them, they're in the back of our mind. And, and then, oh, let's talk about these dreaded pandemics. Three years ago, we weren't even sitting in this room, I don't guess. Or if we had, it was very limited capacity. We were very spread out. And, and you've, you'll notice the back of your pews, most of the finish has gone off the pews where we use so much Clorox on the pews, sanitizing them. You know, it was the dreaded the dreaded pandemic. And, and certainly it was bad. And a lot of people lost their lives. And I'm not downplaying it at all. But 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 it wasn't the first one. And it's probably not going to be the last one. And, and, and how many viruses and, and things have have occurred and, and and we've been concerned about and suddenly now if if and again I'm not a big news watcher I just catch bits and pieces here and there but now from what I understand we're concerned with the alien invasions there's a guy in, over near our hometown there in Whistle his his name is Danny Gordon and he wrote uh he wrote a book about probably I don't know 25 years ago about UFOs and it it became uh like a New York number one bestseller or something like that it became real popular because of the whole thing you know what what is that area 51 is that what it is you know, I, I don't worry too much about Area 51. I just worry about Area 77 coming into West Virginia. I just worry about getting through them tunnels. Okay? That's dangerous enough for me. You know, so, so there's so many things that we're concerned about. Now, you know, and politically, you know, here in the, in the United States, we're, we're worried about communist takeover or, or something happening in our, in our government. And, and certainly we're not beyond that. Over the years, I've had friends that have literally constructed underground fallout shelters. And I guess they still have them. I guess they still exist. And they pack those shelters with, those shelters with, uh, they have air vents that go down into them. They're underground and, and they have those shelters packed with food rations that are, are long-term storage type uh, food rations and, and lots and lots and lots of bottles of water and, uh, you know, enough where they could go underground and live in that thing a long time. Uh, in fact, I was in a store just in recent, in recent weeks and I saw that this one particular store, uh, locally and they have these buckets of, of rations that you can buy and you get like 60 servings. I think it's $169. And that, that sounds all well and good, but if it's that catastrophic, what are you going to do after 60 days? I guess you have to buy a bunch of buckets, right? Hmm. 
Bless God, I'd rather spend $169.95 on that hotel room and go on another one of those mandatory vacations. So we live in that world. We live in that world of of, of people uh, that are worried about finances and and and, and different things. And 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 we're fretting, and we're we turn to dead end sources to, uh, to try to avoid or to try to be prepared for the potential chaos. Let me bring it a little bit closer home. Even in this room today, I know some of you all, we're faced with, with grim medical diagnosis. We're, we're faced with dealing with unruly kids, and that doesn't mean they're little bitty. Sometimes they can be 40 years old and be unruly. Okay? I want to chase a squirrel right here for you parents in the room, especially the par- parents that have younger children. Raising them while they're young is some of the best days you'll ever experience. Wait till they get 40 and you're still trying to raise them. Not that my son's ever given me any problem, but, you know, you can control a little bit when you're, they're little, but after they get out on their own, it's a different story. But, whether it's medical or dealing with unruly kids, people's, people, uh, that we love, our family members, our friends, maybe our children, maybe even your parents are gripped by addictions, marriages, family units falling apart, deteriorating right before our eyes. We, we, even though we're making more money than we've ever made before, the money still doesn't go far enough to take care of all the needs. The list can go on and on and on about all the stuff in our life. Our stress level is falling off the chart. Anxiety has got its grip tightly around our throats, if you would. We, 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 we often feel, and you may be sitting in this room this morning and feel that your life is totally out of control. This week I spoke directly with two people outside of the church here. I spoke with two people that told me my life is totally out of control. I need prayer, they said. It leads to sleepless nights and depression has uh, developed in our lives and, and we, we sometimes, we face each new day with dread. We don't, some of us don't even want to get up out of bed of the morning. We would rather just pull the covers up and just stay there until everything gets better or gets fixed. And I'm not being critical of anybody that's battling anxiety. I'm not being critical of anybody that's battling depression for those things are real. They do exist. And there's things that happen in our life that will instigate them. But when we think about the scripture that we read this morning, isn't it pretty remarkable that God begins everything as we know it? Because in Genesis 1 and 1, it absolutely establishes in the beginning. In the beginning. In the beginning, before anything else happened, there was something that existed. Of course, we know God existed. But in the beginning, 
there was chaos. The world was dark. The world was, it was void. It didn't have a form. It, it didn't have a fashion. There, there was nothing there. It, it, it was, it, it was being without form and dark in that dimension that, whatever that dimension looked like, I really don't know. And we, only our imaginations might dream. And I, I caught this picture off of the internet, you know, and, and maybe that's what it looked like. Maybe it wasn't. Who knows? But there was, there, nothing was in order. Nothing was in order. There were no boundaries. There was no assignments. There was anything, nothing like what we know today. It was actually probably a very scary place to behold or to look at. But I want you to take note. Even when things were chaotic, it was total chaos. There was no form. There was no fashion. There was darkness over the earth. And, and over the deep, the Bible says, it's, but, but, the Spirit of God was hovering. The Spirit of God was hovering. I'm preaching to you about the hovering this morning. I want you to know, as the Spirit of God was hovering over the formless and shapeless earth, if you would, that there is a trinity at work. You see, we are, we are, and, and if it makes any difference, may not make any difference to you whatsoever, but we, we are a church that is, we're of a Wesleyan doctrine. We are Trinitarian in nature. And because of that, we believe it's, it's God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Ghost. Three is one. And we see the Trinity at work in the hovering. The first thing we see is the Trinity is at work is the work of the Father. The work of the Father is a sovereign work. It's the sovereignty that comes through the Father. And the Father, the Father establishes the boundaries of creation. So in that hovering, the boundaries of creation are setting above the earth and they're waiting to come down and, 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 and you know, at God's will and to begin to establish and form all that we now know. And then in that hovering is the person of the Son. The Son is the brotherly presence of God. He, if you would, is our elder brother through the work of adoption. We have an advocate, the Bible says, with the Father through the Son, Jesus Christ. Jesus is a friend. Uh, You know, we sing that song sometimes, I am a friend of God. And, and, And Jesus is, Jesus fills that role of, of, of the brotherly presence of God. He's the friend that sits closer to the brother. He was God that became man and dwelt among us. We are spiritual siblings with Christ. I, I want you to understand the, what Jesus Christ brings us into in the realm of God. And then thirdly, the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit could be considered, if you would, somebody says, well, I believe God is of male gender. Uh, I guess you could argue that, but I don't believe God's of any gender. Because God is just simply God. But we see that the, God, the, the Holy Spirit, fulfills the motherly role, if you would, of the presence of God. Because the Holy Spirit has known in Scripture is the, the paraclete or 
or the comfort and the wise counsel of God. You know, dads, we, we had Father's Day last, so I'll speak, Mother's Day came, then Father's Day. Father's Day was the closest day that we just had. Dads are great. Dads are wonderful. Dad, dads are awesome, you know. I, I say that because I is one, okay? Dads are just awesome people in the world. But, but there's something about the mother. There's something about the mom. The affection and the care of the mom is so different than that of the dad. The dad has said, ah, oh, he's alright, he, He's alright, if his leg's broke, he's okay, he can get up, he can finish the football game, you know. And the mom's, oh, you know, we need to do, you know, know, there's so much. But, But the Holy Spirit is a type of, if you would, is a type of the motherly care. It is the comfort that comes, it is the presence of the, of God that's hovering over the life of the believers is to the work of the Holy Spirit. And He is working to bring our chaos, my chaos, and your chaos, the Holy Spirit is working to bring our chaos into peace. He is the comforting presence of God. Hovering is a critical verb. Hovering is a critical verb, and I say that because, just think about, why, why didn't... Uh, why didn't, if, if Moses did indeed write Genesis, we, we, we believe that, but we don't know that. But if, if Moses did indeed write the book of Genesis, why, why wasn't the Spirit of God as described as being the, the Spirit of God ruled over the earth? The Spirit of God was directing the earth. The Spirit of God was overseeing the earth. The Spirit of God had authority over the earth. But yet, Moses wrote that the Spirit of God was hovering over the earth. Hovering indicates the covering presence of God through the work of the Holy Spirit. Now, the word hovering in Scripture is a very rare word, but yet it carries great significance. You see, in Deuteronomy 32 and 10, where we read from, it said, In a desert land he found him in a barren and howling waste. He shielded him and cared for him, and he guarded him as the apple of his eye, like an eagle that stirs up and hovers. Or gives that care over the young. I want you to know is all of us in our life, we all have chaos. Chaos, the earth was chaotic before the Holy Spirit is hovering over it. Before God came down and began to form and shape it into what He wanted to be. It was chaos. But I want you to understand this. Your life and my life, sometimes we all end up in chaos. Our Listen, our lives sometimes are a mess. If your life is a mess, just go ahead and look at somebody next to you and say, my life is a mess. And if yours is not a mess, but you know the person beside you, yours life is a mess, just look at them and say, your life is a mess. Okay? <laughs> Our lives, we, we get, we get messed up. Our lives get a mess. Chaos exists in our life. But here's the good news. The chaos of our life is the catalyst for the Holy Spirit to come down and to settle over our lives and work in our lives. Listen, if I never had a need, would the Holy Spirit be there? Well, I guess in theory, yes, He would. But it's when I need, you know, uh, you know I read something the other day. Y'all have, y'all, y'all, you know, I'll say y'all because we in West Virginia. Y'all heard about that story. Y'all read that little poem 
of the guy that's walking along the beach and he's having a really bad day. He's having a really hard time. And he looks back and he says, oh Lord, I only see one set of footprints in the sand. Y'all heard that before, haven't you? And the Lord says, well, no, the reason is that I, you weren't walking along. That was when I was carrying you. Well, I read, I read a little, it was, it was like an amendment to that. And it said, you see those footprints in the sand? That's why I was carrying you. You see them other long marks? That's when I was dragging you and pulling you along through the mess you had in your life. Well, here's the deal. When we are in chaos, when our life is messed up, when everything is going wrong in our families, when everything is happening in our lives, trust me and believe me, if you have put your confidence in the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior, there is a hovering Spirit of God that is covering your life and ministering to you even when you don't realize it, even when, you know, the storms are rolling, lightnings are flashing and and all these things are happening in your life, there is a hovering Spirit of God that will settle down over you. You know, a lot of times, our problem is, we want God to remove the chaos out of our lives. But God doesn't always remove the chaos out of our lives. But when the chaos occurs, God will bring the calmness in the midst of the chaos. You see, when we look at Matthew chapter 3, and we're not, I'm not going to bring scripture up for that today, but Matthew chapter 3, when you read verses 13 and 16, uh, it's one of my favorite portions of scripture. It's when Jesus is being baptized in water, Jesus, God incarnate, and the Father speaks from heaven, this is my beloved Son and my well, in whom I'm well pleased, and then the Spirit descends from heaven in the form of a dove, and the dove sits down upon Jesus. That is one of the most beautiful pictures that's painted in scripture. And as the dove sets down upon Jesus, the dove is symbolic of that motherly covering, if you would, or that advocate or that word. Listen, I want to tell you all something. If Jesus needed the Holy Ghost, I need the Holy Ghost. Okay? If Jesus needed, if, if God loved His Son so much to set the Spirit down over His Son, He loves you and I that much. I want you to know that. He loves you because He loved you so much that He gave His Son for you. So we see the Holy Spirit hovering down. Listen, I, I, I got some, I've done some study and I don't claim to be this smart. I just read stuff. But the dove, I, I begin to read why a dove, and the dove is symbolic uh, of motherhood, if you would, but it's also symbolic of the Holy Spirit. Doves are very unique because doves are different than any other bird because most birds feed their little ones with worms and dead possums and whatever else they can pick up. That's what they feed their little ones, except the dove. You know what the dove feeds its little birds? The dove feeds its little ones with milk. Have you ever tried to milk a bird? But the dove feeds, the dove, the dove is different than any other bird because the dove actually secretes a milk and, and it's a form of regurgitation, okay? But, 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 but it is milk that comes out of the dove. Let me tell you something this. Here's what a loving dove, whether it's male or, whether it's the male or the female, so it doesn't matter guys or girls in the room this morning. The, 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 both, both the male and the female dove takes care of the little ones and they do so by feeding them milk. But listen to this. This, 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 this has sort of just got all over me as I'm studying this. The, the mature dove 
denies itself of what it needs in life, in particularly food. The adult dove denies itself of the necessities of life that it may feed the little ones with the greatest, most nourishing milk that is possible. Now I want you to put that in a metaphoric sense. And I want you to think about, about what God does for us. God, God gave His Son. I've already said that one time this morning. But He gave His very best. He gave of Himself. He gave His Son that we may have the best, that we may have everything. That now He's given us the Holy Spirit because, and God, God, if you would, is even, even, even denying Himself that you and I can have the provision that we need to grow into what He has designed for us to be. So this is settling of the dove on Christ is, is not only for the coronation of Christ in that moment, but it's very significant for you and I this morning. Because Jesus, the Holy Spirit sets upon him because in the next three years of Jesus' life, Jesus is going to find more chaos more attacks, more embattlement, more things that are going to occur in Jesus. In this next three years, is, is, is if you would, is, is everything coming in, everything closing in on the life of Christ. In this three years is when He will find Himself in the garden praying until His sweat becomes as great drops of blood. And it's in that garden that, that He begins to cry out. And, and, he, and He says, Father, if it be Your will, let this cup pass from Me three times. And, and, and all three times, he, he knows the answer. He receives the answer. You know, my grace is sufficient. He knows nevertheless not my will, but your will be done, Father. And all of this is made possible because the Holy Spirit came down and hovered over and sat upon Jesus. Let me tell you something. Again, let me reiterate. God loves you and me so much that that He come to us. That same Holy Spirit that settled upon Jesus is the same Holy Spirit that will settle upon, settle upon us if we will yield our lives to the Lord. The Holy Spirit is hovering over the chaotic episodes of our life. He's not only hovering over us, but He's living in us. Ephesians 5 and 18 uh, yeah, Fish, Fish, uh, I got behind here. I didn't do Ephesians 5 and 18. Ephesians 5 and 18. Paul wrote this to the church at Ephesus. He said, do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be, instead, uh, be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another with psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit. Sing and make music. From your heart to the Lord, always giving thanks to God the Father for everything in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Paul instructs us to worship in the Spirit. Now, I want to tell you something about the Apostle Paul. The Apostle Paul probably in the, in the sense of our thinking and everyday life, Paul probably had more bad days than he had good days. After his name was changed on the road to Damascus. 
Most of what we read of Paul, if you don't realize, it was written out of jail cells. And it wasn't jail cells with weight rooms and, and, and walking tracks and all the stuff that they have today. No, no, no. It was really jail. Paul's life was covered in the chaos of the elements of opposition because he was standing for Christ. But in all that, Paul instructs to worship the Lord in in the Spirit. The Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit that, that tells us that when, when we don't know what we ought to pray for, that that Holy Spirit will come down and make gruntings, gr- uh, grumblings, or not grumblings, but, but, but sounds and, and, uh, uh, for us that, that we can't even, we can't even come up with. Innermost prayers out of our spirit. And he says, speak to one another with Psalms, hymn, and songs from the Spirit. Now I've heard some of y'all sing, and that's not that I'd really like for y'all to sing to me, you know, because I've heard some of y'all. But the Bible says make a joyful noise, so just make a noise, okay? Sing and make music from your heart to the Lord. So we encourage one another, but we also make beautiful music to the Lord. And while somebody next to you may not be tolerant of your singing, the Lord loves it. I want you to know that. He loves your praise. He loves your worship. And the elements of worship uh, and authority come into play here. Because it is the element of worship, worshiping in the Spirit, that would carry Paul through the jail cell. Paul and Silas, you know... Yeah, a lot of y'all know I'm, a, I'm, I'm an old I'm an old bluegrass fanatic. I've done it all my life, and they used to sing that song. Paul and Silas prayed and sang all night long. Paul and Silas prayed and sang all night long. Who shall deliver for me? You see, Paul and Silas were strapped in jail, but there was a hovering over that jail. The Holy Spirit was at work in their lives. And we begin to think about, we begin to think about other situations. And and you begin to think about your situation. You see, it was in the, it was the, the, by the authority of the Holy Spirit. When Jesus is out on that sea and the, the waves are crashing and, and it's in, in the presence of that Sea of Galilee, there was a hovering of the presence of God. Even in the place where the demoniac was going between the tombs, he was going from place to place and he, he's cutting himself and he's a madman, he's crazy. He was demon possessed and Jesus walks in and calls things to order. I want you to know there was a hovering of the Holy Spirit over him. And no matter what is going on in your life or my life, the mother of the Trinity, if you would, the Holy Spirit, the mothering work of the Trinity is available to hover over us. Hover over us with a calming, a calming care that surpasses all understanding. I talk to people all the time, I've, and I've been in the circumstances myself, when tragedy happens and circumstances occur, and, and, and we should be totally, you know, we, 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 
at wit's ends. We should be tore all to pieces. We should be, you know, uh, upset. We should be going berserk and going crazy. And, and yet, a calmness will settle over us in the Holy Spirit. I don't share this. I, I, I try to, I try not to make this about me, but many of you all know, but we've got a lot of newer people in the room. You know, uh, Sarah, Sarah and I have only been married 17 years, 18 years soon, 17 years, 17 years soon. My first wife of just short of a few months short of 25 years of marriage just died nearly instantly. She sat up on the side of the bed. We were supposed to do a funeral service that day for for someone. We had been awake at 3 a.m. talking about uh, the funeral plans for that day. Coming up that day. Went back to sleep. Six o'clock, she woke me up. She was having some issues she thought was heartburn. That was about six o'clock and about five after six she was lying in the floor and she had went on to meet Jesus. But you know what? That was the hardest thing that I've ever been through in my life. The absolute hardest thing I've ever been through in my life. But let me tell you something. Had I not had the presence of the Holy Spirit hovering over my life it would have been a whole lot worse than it was because in the midst of the chaos of that time when wonder what's going to happen what's going to happen you know what what's going to happen to this what's going to happen with that you know and and you know I was in ministry she carried health insurance and suddenly all these things and 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 you know when we've been together all of these years what is going to happen in the midst of all that chaos there was a peace that settled down on my life. And somehow, somehow, amidst the panic, I knew that everything was going to be okay. Let me tell you something. That's the work of the Holy Spirit. That's the, that's the work of the Holy Spirit that comes in when, and did He come in and fix everything? Did He come in and, 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 and just, did, did He raise her from the dead? No, He didn't. But, but here, but here is one thing I can assure you of. He never left me and for, nor, nor did He ever forsake me. Because in the beginning, He was hovering over the face of the deep. And in the beginning, on that March morning, he was hovering over my house. He was hovering over my life. And whatever you're going through and whatever's happening in your life, if you will trust him, if you will put your confidence in him, if you will put everything, all of your hope. And in life group this morning, Mike Dillo said, you know, he said, it's not natural for us to have faith. Faith is a gift to cut, that comes from God, and I, Mike, I totally agree with that. And 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 if you will, if you will just allow the faith, and you have it, because the Word of God says that each man is given a measure of faith. And you'll just let faith arise up in you, in the midst of your chaos. 
The Holy Spirit is settling down. He's hovering over your life. And He's hovering over your circumstance. Don't preach a friend of mine, Church of God preacher. He had lost his wife about six months before my wife passed away. And it's a long story. I can't go into it this morning. We don't have time. But there's one thing that he told me. is one, a word that he gave me. He said, brother, he said, you don't get over it, but you do get through it with the work of the Holy Spirit. And I found that to be true. And whatever you're going through in life, your tragedy, your chaos could be, is probably much worse than mine, okay? It, it probably is much worse than mine. I'll admit that. But whatever you're going through, if it's much worse or if it's not as bad, I, you know, that's not the issue here. It's not the matter at all. But whatever you're going through, put your confidence in the Lord. And let the Holy Spirit hover over your circumstance. And even though He might not pull you out of that circumstance, I think of the psalmist. I gotta get off here. I got, I'm, I'm about to go in overtime. I think of the psalmist. When the psalmist wrote that most famous psalm, most of it, listen, home interiors made a fortune off of it. Yea, though I walk through. I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. He didn't say, well, although I know I'm stuck forever in the valley of shadow of death. He didn't, no, no, he didn't say that. He said, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I know you're with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. That valley was open on both ends. If it wasn't, it wouldn't be a valley. It would have been a box canyon. The devil may think, listen to me right now, the devil may, you may think he's, you may think he has boxed you in, but understand this. The, the, the Lord can come along if you will put your faith, hope, and your trust in Him. Let Him come along. Kick the end out of that box canyon and make it a valley and you don't come out on the other end. Trust the Lord. The Holy Spirit is hovering. Just doing a work in your life that you may not even be aware of. I want you to bow your heads and close your eyes for me just a moment. As you reverence the Lord and you reverence those that are around you, I just want to ask you a quick question. How many of you now? I know we've all been through stuff. I share some of the things I've been through. We've all been through stuff. We're all, in the future, we're going to go through some stuff. But right now, with heads bowed, eyes closed, who in this room will raise their hand and say, said, Pastor, I'm going through some stuff right now. I'm going through some chaos right now. Who will say that? Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Probably, probably, probably ten hands went up in this room. Those of you that raised your hand, and I have a feeling there's some that probably didn't raise their hand because you maybe you felt a little embarrassed or something. And, 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 Hey, listen, that's good. We're just glad you're here this morning. For those of you who raise your hand, I want you to know, you know, look up. You know, you sing that old song, look up, a redemption draweth nigh. Look up, there is a hovering, there is a presence hovering over your life. Be encouraged, be of good cheer, have faith.
R.W. Sandbach's slogan, he was an old preacher many years ago. He said, you don't have any problems. All you need is faith in God. You're in this room this morning with heads still bowed, eyes are still closed. If you're in this room this morning and you have never surrendered to the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior, you have never asked Jesus to come and live in your heart, would you just uh, raise your hand up and say, Preacher, pray for me real quick. Real quick. Anybody in the room? Maybe you've gone back on the Lord. Maybe you've walked a long way away from Him. And you need to come back home. If that's you, just slip up your hand real quick. I assume everybody's satisfied with where you're at spiritually in your walk with the Lord and your salvation. This is what I want to ask you to do. Those of you that raised your hands this morning, you're in chaos right now. I'm not going to ask you what your chaos is. Uh, we are concerned, so when I use that verb, I don't care. That's not what I, that's not, it means that we're not caring about it, but it's, it's not important to know what your chaos is. It's not important to me. It's not important to anybody else necessarily in this room to know what your chaos is. But what it is important to know, you to know, is that the Spirit, Holy Spirit is hovering over you. So real quickly, I would like those that slipped up your hand that will, I want you to come down here and we're some of the saints of God out of this congregation are going to gather around and we're going to pray and we're going to ask the Lord to increase your faith in this chaotic time that you're going through right now. Is there one, two, maybe all ten of you or however many it was in this room? Would you join me right now here? We want to pray for you right now. Not because, We're not being critical of you, but we want to be supportive of you in this part of your life right now. Because we are a family of believers here at this church and we're doing life together. Next week I may be in chaos and you all need to pray for me. Okay? I want some prayer people. I want some prayer support down here behind these people. Come on down here. We need, we need, we need some prayer support behind these people that have come this morning. You know, the Bible says if you be sick of them among you, anoint, anoint them with oil. Pray a prayer of faith. Save the sick. There's nothing, this is just, this is just olive oil. And it's nothing magical about it. So if you're not used to this, don't be alarmed. It's just, it's just symbolic of the Holy Spirit, that mothering presence of God. And this morning, we're going to anoint every single one of you that have stepped out this morning. And we're just going to believe that, 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 that you're going to sense your situation may not change, but you're going to sense the hovering presence of the Holy Spirit over your life right now. We're just going to be to pray, God, as I anoint, Lord, these great men and women of God, as we anoint them, Lord, with the oil, symbolic of your Holy Spirit. God, we just believe that today, God, you are ministering, Lord Jesus, in their lives. Lord, may they know, may they sense and realize, Lord, that the hovering presence of the Holy Spirit, Lord, is at work for God. May they sense, may they know, the Lord, that they are not alone right now, Lord. Lord, right now, we, Lord, we speak against loneliness. The lonely feeling, Lord. The feeling of abandonment right now, Lord. Lord, we just believe today, God, that as we anoint these folks, Lord God, that, Lord, we are, we are believing with them in faith. We are grouping with them in faith. Lord, believing your word says that a threefold cord is not easily broken. 
God, we're agreeing with them and with you, Lord, and ourselves, Lord, that their needs are being met right now. Lord, whatever the trial of life is that they're going through, whatever the, whatever the looks like that is in the valley, Lord, it may seem like there's, Lord, that the enemy is lurking behind every stone, every tree, every rock as they go through this valley. But Lord, we believe that you are with us. We believe your rod and your staff are, they are comforting us. Lord, before this earth was formed, before it was shaped, before the trees were put in place, before the animals were made and man was created, God, you are hovering over this place. And God, you have blessed us. And Lord, you brought us, Lord, into a greater place. Lord, and you formed, Lord, something. You shaped, Lord, something out of chaos. And Lord, we believe that today that you are shaping, Lord God. Lord, you are shaping, Lord God, this situation, Lord. God, into the favor of these, Lord, that we are praying for this morning. Lord, you are shaping the circumstances. Whatever we go through, Lord, we know, Lord, that gold, Lord, is purified in the fire, Lord. We know that gold and silver is formed and shaped in the heat. And God, right now, amidst the heat of the battle, God, Lord, may your Holy Spirit, that hovering presence of God, just shape and mold the lives of every one of these people in this place. Lord, I hear your words. Lord, I hear your words this morning. Fear not. Lord, I hear your words this morning. Fear not. I hear your words. Fear not. I want every one of you that... I want every one of you that came up here to be prayed for this morning. I want every one of you to come up here this morning. I want you... I want you to say this with me. I want you to say this with me. Because I believe that what we speak out of our mouth will affect where we're where we're at and how we react in our faith. But every one of you that come up to pray this morning, I want you to say this with me. I will not fear. But Lord, I will trust you. In the midst of my chaos, I have faith in you. I may not see you. I may not feel you. But I do trust you. And I am coming out. And I want you to believe that. Make that your prayer. If you don't know anything else to pray, if you can't muster up any other words, this, this, whatever context you need to put it into, you pray that prayer. Because I believe out of your chaos, God's going to form everything into a beautiful spot. Because whether you believe it or not, the world's a beautiful place. There's some ugly people in the world and some ugly things. But by and large, the world is a beautiful place. If you don't believe it, walk out and look at these mountains when you walk out the door of this building this morning. And I got, I've got news for you. I got news for you. He, he wants to make you a beautiful place. And he wants to make you a beautiful place. And he wants you to make you into a beautiful place. And you, and you, and all, and all of you, and all that's going on in your life. He, he wants, he wants to make you a beautiful place in him. He wants to make you all a beautiful place in him. And out of the chaos of your life, 
He's forming and He's shaping and He's working something that, that you probably can't even imagine. It's not even entered, not, not even close to entering the, the, your imagination what God is doing in your life right now. But just trust Him. Just trust Him. Thank you for letting me pray for you this morning. Thank you for being here today. And thank you for the family that's come up behind us.